You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. All right, it's time for our Family Matters feature now. And I want us to have a conversation about navigating blended family dynamics, particularly when it comes to children from previous relationships or previous marriages. You know, when your marriage or partnership includes children from previous relationships, when you've got a setup like that, sometimes the blended families can be tricky and there's a lot of adjustment that is needed. Sometimes your children from previous relationships are not accepted and welcomed into your new home or relationship, and that can have an impact on your relationship with those children. I mean, what happens if you find yourself in a situation where you feel forced to choose between your spouse and your children? And if you've been in that situation, I want you to share that with us, to share uh, with us what your experience has been. And if you have found ways to navigate these blended families, especially when it comes to incorporating children from your previous relationship or previous marriage, how has that worked out for you? Because there's so many dynamics that I can think of. You know, when you are parenting half-siblings, there can also be issues with the differences in, in the parenting style, the differences in discipline, even lifestyle. How do you navigate things like that? 11 If you have step-siblings, I would like to hear from you. How is your relationship with them? How are you involved? Um, if you are involved, how is it going? If you're involved with someone who has children from the previous relationship, how is that relationship with your stepchildren going? And have you ever been in a situation where you are forced to choose between your spouse or and, and your children? 011-883-0702. You can send me an SMS and a WhatsApp voice note as well. Jesse Ann Bird is an educational psychologist who's going to guide us through this discussion. Jesse Ann, thank you for making time. Good morning. Good morning and thank you for having me here. So, where do you start? Um, and I'm asking where do you start because I've often seen instances where the children are only introduced at a later stage. So, you know that you've got children um, before you even met the person you are with now, but sometimes there are people that will keep that a secret until now there's a, a, a higher level of commitment. I mean, in this context, there's marriage involved. And then you've got now one of the partners saying, by the way, um, I have had children outside. Here they are. So where do you start the conversation and how honest must that conversation be from the onset so that you're not dealing with these problematic uh, reactions and dynamics when you're introducing the subject at a later stage? You know, I think that that's such a complex question, the way to start. Because when we're looking at a blended family, we're not just looking at the family as they are in the present. We need to think about the family or families as they were in the past. And so we can't think about, you know, how do we go forward now? How do we talk about this now without talking about where we came from, where our families came from, where our children came from? We have to integrate that past into the present in order to move forward into, I suppose, a more integrated future. So I suppose a brief answer would be is to look at what we need for a successful relationship. And for that, we need trust, we need communication, and we need respect. And that means we need to be able to trust our partners to be able to understand and support our past, especially if that mm. past comes with children. Yes, yes. So 
is it best, um, Jesse Ann, even in the context of children from previous relationships and marriages, is it best when you introduce that subject to even make suggestions around having those children move in with you and your spouse, if, if you are married or you and your partner, um, and maybe even your, the children you have together? I mean, is that the best way to look at it? Or is that something that can add even more tensions to to the dynamics um, in that relationship? Because some, some mothers, some parents really want to bring in children from their past relationships into their current setups, but that's not always going to be welcomed by their partners. Mm. Yeah, it's so tempting to want a cookie-cutter sort of response or, you know, a one-size-fits-all solution to these very, very complex relationship questions. But I think questions that one should be asking of oneself and of one's partner, you know, is this somebody I could see being with for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Is this somebody I want involved in my children's lives for the rest of their lives? Is this somebody that I want having an ongoing influence in my children now and the adults that my children will become? My thinking would be is that if it is so difficult to even imagine talking about the existence of your children to a partner, my question would be, you know, is that then a partner that you would want having that ongoing relationship with your children at a later stage? And that might also suggest that there might not be a readiness yet to take that next step forward Mm. into um, that more permanent relationship. Mm. Yeah, I like what what you're saying about the readiness because what I wanted to ask is how do you as a partner deal with a scenario where, you know, your your spouse currently is not accepting or welcoming um, of the children from the past marriage or from the past relationship. And, and they're saying, yeah, sure, we acknowledge, you know, that they are there, but I'm not sure if we must now incorporate them into our family unit. And some will take it further and say, I'm not sure if you should be spending this amount of money on those children when you've got the needs, right, here at home. How do you then as partners navigate that dynamic of shared resources? Mm. Families are complicated, eh? Yeah. Um, and it takes, they really are. And I think it takes a lot of open communication to get to a point when one can make collaborative decisions. Um, I think this is where, you know, being able to work on those conflict resolution skills, being able to have those very, very difficult conversations that can feel so challenging and so awkward that really is where we need to focus on that as the foundation of a successful relationship. Because if one cannot reach an agreement that works for all family members, you're going to have more problems down the road. And you need to be able to set that foundation so that when problems do arise, you know, as the partners or the romantic partners in this new sort of collaboration, you're able to solve them. It shouldn't be the responsibility of one person to come up with all the solutions and one person to identify all the problems. This is where we need to have that sort of space for teamwork and looking at how do we navigate this very, very tricky situation that we find ourselves in. Mm. And, and, and if you are forced to now choose, I mean, and should that maybe be an indication that maybe the person you're with, because you don't want to now judge how the person is reacting right as you said these are very complex issues so i don't want to be simplistic but i mean if i have a partner who's saying to me you've got to choose whether 
it's me and our children or it's the children you keep mentioning um, that you had before you started this family? Mm. I think when the conversation has reached that point here, when you're getting to ultimatums, mm. that to me suggests that there's a need for support there, there's a need for help. That's someone going, you know, I'm, I'm out of tools here. I'm out of resources for ways to solve this. Yeah. You know, my thinking would be is if you're at that point with your partner, this would be a critical point to ask for support, you know, to work with a therapist, to work with a psychologist, to find other ways to solve this problem. Because an ultimatum like that, it's it's going to put somebody in that position of feeling disempowered. It takes away their agency, but it also means that there will always be someone unhappy with the decision that's been made. And I think that can be very limiting for the future happiness of a relationship and also the future well-being of those children. Mm. What about parenting styles? Because sometimes when you are parenting half-siblings, there can be issues with you know, the differences in parenting um, and, and even the unfairness in treatment, whether perceived or real, right? Um, issues around discipline, issues around lifestyle. Oh, why are you disciplining these kids more than this? Why do these kids have more to do with house chores than these ones? Um, so whether you like it or not, there may come a time where you start differing in how you discipline the kids uh, where you start differing in how even house chores are distributed within uh, the household. How do you then navigate something like that? I mean, should should couples start doing the work before they even start with that blended family where they can talk about things that may come, you know, uh, conflicts that may arise and start talking about how those can be resolved when we get to that bridge in the long run? So, you know, even parents in traditional nuclear families, you know, they come into their role of parenting um, with their own histories. They were parented in certain ways by their parents. And so there is always a negotiation of which styles and which elements you take forward and which you choose to leave in the past. This becomes far more complicated in the blended family because they, you know, each parent will have the parenting styles they were raised with. They will have whatever they used in the, perhaps their previous relationships. And now they're entering a space where there's a renegotiation and a re-understanding of how do we do this going forward. I think the other thing to think about is that when you're coming into a blended family situation, is that there's often a history of, of trauma. You know, there will have been a difficult breakdown of a relationship, perhaps, um, for one of the parents beforehand. There might have been a failed relationship or marriage for, you know, another party. And so there can often be this urge to wipe the slate clean and to start again and to get it right at this time. But we can't do that. We have to acknowledge the past that each person is coming into the relationship with, the way the children have been raised for before, um, what will feel familiar and safe to them. Mm. So upending everything and changing everything and bringing in these sort of drastic measures that might feel very scary and different to children will often really make it a lot more difficult to form that cohesive family unit that we're after. So I think this, again, it's that process of doing things slowly, of having open and honest conversations about, is this working? Is this not working? Do we need help figuring this out? Yeah. Do we want to bring in a professional to help us have this conversation? And I think the other very important thing to look at is, are there parents 
external to this new couple that we're talking about, you know, the other moms and the other dads, how do we integrate their views? How do we respect their parenting? And how do we continue to include them as very, very important people in our children's lives? Yeah, great points there, um, Jesse. And I still want us to talk about situations where the siblings themselves, the half-siblings, are not uh, getting along. What do you do as parents um, if your children are not getting along? Um, how do you build even the healthy relationship with your stepchildren? Uh, but I want to go to the lines first. 011-883-0702. I'm seeing your great contributions on the WhatsApp line as well. I'll get to those shortly. Let's start in Jabulani in Soweto. Marco Sonke, good morning. Good morning, Clement. How are you? I'm all right. How's it going? Uh, good, man. I hope what I'm, uh, I'm going to say will culminate with what your guest is currently articulating. Um, Clement, I just want to say that entering into a marriage covenant means one with my partner. And that includes being in covenant with her children and one with their children. That means her children are my children. You know, um, the only difference is that I didn't biologically uh, become their parent, but I am their parent, firstly. Secondly, discuss um, discussion of parental approach. Uh, make a commitment of being, a united, uh, being united as, as parent of blended family. And consistency should be the order of the day of, 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 of our parenting. Mm. Lastly, it is important to teach children to make, uh, blended children to make um, responsible choices when you reprimand them and implement agreed, and I repeat, agreed disciplinary measures mm. as last resort with the hope of instilling principle of, of, of accountability. I think if those are in place, then we will mm. life much easier. Not that it will be in, in absence of challenges. It will have a challenges, but at least we have yeah. a foundation to work on. Yeah, Thank you. There's a blueprint. Makosonke, I um, always love your contributions, man. Thank you, Makosonke in Jabulani. Nozipo, uh, you are calling us from Johannesburg. You are a parenting coach yourself. Yes, thank you so much, Mr. Shimako. Mm. And it is one of, like, this is such an important topic and one I see very often in my coaching practice as well. And mm. going from my own experience, I just wanted to add that there's this, you know, the two, two comments I wanted to make. One is how children get brought into the conversation so much later that when everything has happened, they always like, by the way, which, you know, if you were raised in a paradigm of like children should be seen and not heard, they mm. never get to you know, have a contribution of what happens in a family setting or actually even have a voice and anybody care to ask like what their preferences are, how would they like want to see things. And because then they haven't been heard, then you can get to see all sorts of issues because they not were not consulted, they were, mm-hmm. you know, considered in the process. And then secondly, um, one that has also been raised now is just the importance of, you know, us as parents are doing our own conditioning that we bring into into relationships and we're supposed to know and nobody's like there to teach you like or show you how to do these things you know Mm. like you'll get a family where um you are so desperate to be with this partner that you will do all sorts of things to lie Mm. about having the children that the children don't even exist and Mm. it's like ta-da here they are and really starting to question ourselves as people like, what is it that I'm seeking from, you know, from the relationship dynamic that is allowing me to suppress myself and hide parts of me, including my children? Mm. Why am I hiding all of those things? Because it does surface at a later stage. 
Oh, ah, great points, Nozipo. Thank you. Thank you for calling with uh, your experience and what you're dealing with. Nozipo um, is, is a parenting coach, and, and I'll get uh, Jessie Ann to weigh in on some of the points that she's raising. Lebo, you're calling from Ferenichin. Hi. Hi, Clement. How are you? Good. How's it? I'm all right. Thank you. Yeah, no, this is a very interesting topic. You know, I was married uh, for a very long time, and mm. uh, after the divorce, I have two kids from the marriage, aged uh, 15 and 8. And I met my girlfriend who has twins who are aged 4. Now, you know, we've paddled through the waters of having to now introduce the kids into the relationship. Mm. However, you know, what I've found a little bit difficult is that even though we've tried to make one part of this work, however, when it comes to now disciplining the children, you know, the other day, her four-year-old was doing something in the house. I tried to reprimand the four-year-old. Mm. But now it's changed the dynamic of the relationship as well. Mm. I find that now it's a little bit difficult because, you know, this doesn't come with a manual. What are the do's? What are the don'ts? Do I now not have to discipline the children? Do mm. I have to speak to her to discipline her children? Does she, you know, it becomes a little bit difficult. So I would like to hear what your guest has to say with regards to that. Oh, great. Lebo, thanks, man, and good luck. Uh, good luck with, with, with you and, and the four children, you and your partner. Lebo is calling from Ferena Kheng. Uh, Jesse Ann, uh, you can reflect on Lebo. Lebo is asking around discipline. What does he do? Because he doesn't want also to cause tensions because that adds another layer. Uh, when you are disciplining, right, um, your stepchildren, uh, sometimes you may be called out uh, on your approach. But the call I liked from Makosonka earlier um, was... There must be a blueprint, like have a conversation as a couple about how you are going to navigate even the issues around uh, discipline. What are your thoughts? Discipline is a tricky one, um, and it's tricky in all families. So I think a few things to hold in mind. The one is that we shouldn't see discipline and punishment as things that are synonymous. Discipline is sort of the maintenance of a standard of behavior that would be considered acceptable. So we can do a lot in terms of guiding children, helping them find correct solutions, um, helping them identify the right way to solve a problem. You know, be it a relationship problem, be it cleaning up a bowl of spilt cereal and milk on the floor. Um, there's a lot that we can do around discipline that doesn't involve punishment or being too sort of authoritarian in an approach. However, at times where one does have to think about the role that you want to take in terms of being that authority figure, I think this is where we need a lot of clarity with all the parents involved, not just the ones in the romantic couple. What are the expectations for the partners? This will look different in every family. And the way it looks at the beginning of the family relationship, perhaps when people have just started getting together or have just moved in together, that may change quite significantly over the course of years. I would say right in the beginning, though, one should be quite careful about taking on too much of a sort of parental or authority type role with children because they are likely to reject it. Their own parents are going to have been with them since birth. They will have that basis of trust and communication and respect because that takes years to develop. I think in terms of step parents, we need to understand that it will also take time to develop there. Things can often work, it feels like at different time speeds for children and adults. 
And children may need a lot longer to understand the role of this new person in their lives. Mm. So my recommendation would be to go slowly, tentatively, with a lot of reflection, a lot of empathy for the children, and to ask for help where necessary. Mm. And again, I think it's it's very important to be able to look back and go, yeah, maybe this wasn't the right approach. You know, or maybe we could have handled this better. How do we do it better next time mm. um, the situation arises? Indeed. Uh, after the latest in Eyewitness News um, headlines, I'll, I'll ask you to weigh in on what Nozipo was raising, who is a parenting coach. Um, she was speaking about children who are brought in at a later stage and they're not even consulted about these moves. Um, and, and, and also raises the issue of some partners who are so desperate, like they're so desperate uh, to be and make those relationships work, that they're willing to even lie about the children that they've had before. They're willing to even create that distance between them and their own children because I just want this to work and I don't want what happened in the past, which is their children, to affect what I'm trying to build here. What does that tell you about that parent? It's exactly 11.30. Family Matters. It's 11.33. It's our Family Matters feature. Um, I'm going to get to your calls and, and more of your WhatsApp voice notes. We're talking about navigating, geez, blended family dynamics, eh? Uh, particularly when it comes to children from their previous marriage or relationship. And uh, Jesse, and I want you to quickly maybe... Uh, weigh in on what Nozipo raised before I take some more calls. Nozipo raised the issue of consultation that sometimes the problem is that the children are brought in at a later stage, right? And they're not consulted about the moves or that, you know, mommy or daddy is getting into a new relationship. Um, you know, they're not properly taken through uh, and consulted. Uh, and, and also raised an issue around desperate parents who sometimes are so desperate to make the marriage or relationship work that they're willing to just lie about their kids or even like just neglect them for lack of a better word because they don't want anything that would somehow mess up what they're trying to build now. So I think two things to think around in terms of bringing children into the process. We want to walk that careful line between introducing children to too many people. So, you know, if if you are newly single and you're out and about and you're dating and you don't know where relationships are going to go and it's still in that sort of slightly less formal, perhaps casual, perhaps tentative stage, that's fine. You're an adult. You're allowed to have those relationships. But you don't need to introduce your child to everybody that you're dating or everybody that you're having a romantic relationship with. However, once you have been with someone for a while, you and that person have had the conversation of this is probably going to be long term. We're going to explore where this goes next. We see this lasting over the course of years, perhaps the lifetime. That would be where I would start to consider bringing children into up to speed you know, perhaps even looking at when to introduce them. But I wouldn't do it before that very important and serious conversation has been held with your partner. I also sort of think then we need to look at going slowly from the beginning. You know, as a parent, even if you are a single parent and looking to start new relationships, 
you still have the responsibility to parent your children and you still have the responsibility to take care of their emotional well-being, which means that you might have to do things at a slower pace than you would have done before you had children. Mm. And I think it's also very important that you select a partner that's able to respect and understand that process. You know, partner selection becomes such an important part of this conversation as well. I think then it would be a case of letting the child get or children get to know the partner slowly over a course of quite a long period through, you know, sort of informal contact times, fun activities, you know, before progressing to things like maybe bries at the house. Mm. And then if a decision is made to get married or to move in together, then to give the children as much warning about that as possible mm. and to try and make them feel as secure and safe in that with the knowledge that they will still continue to be your children, they will still continue to be your priority, and they will still continue to be loved and cared for at any point of the process. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's read some some tweets and then I'll I'll take voice notes and calls. Karabokholeng on Twitter says, Thank you, uh, Clement, for this discussion. I broke up with someone because I could not bear to be a bonus mom. I know myself with my mental health struggles and trauma. I only have room for my one kid and I can live with being lonely, but they've graduated um, Oh, until they've graduated from, from university. Marisa says, blended families require maturity and communication. Also, we must know ourselves. If you know you can't handle it, then don't get involved because you end up damaging the kids um, as well which is what Garabo Kholeng says um, she did on Twitter. She knew this is not something I'm able to handle, so I'd rather walk out. Um, and, and I've got more of your messages coming through, which we'll get to. Let's, let's go to Shalati, who's calling us from Johannesburg now. Hi, Shalati. Hi, Clement. What a, what a sensitive topic. <laughs> Quite touchy. Mm. But, but it's beautiful because blended families are lovely, right? Yeah. Um, if you get it right. So my two cents worth is I agree with everything your visitor um, has said. I agree with the second voice note you've just um, read out. Mm. My contribution is, because I've got a blended family. I have a a son who's turning 17 now, and I've known him from the age of four. Mm. Uh, Challenging at first. However, the day my partner, my husband and I decided that we're in one team, we were shooting one goalpost. And we agreed, what do we want for our family? What does that look like? How do we discipline? So mm. if, because, because parents who come in with kids tend to overcompensate because they're not there Ish. for their children. Mm. They overcompensate. Oh, I feel I'm missing out on this and, 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 and vice versa. And then the kids become a little bit manipulative. And if you don't recognize that because you're trying to overcompensate, that's where you fall prey to their little tricks. However... Um, when we decided, okay, when you discipline, I'll keep quiet. I don't get involved because we're on one team. Mm. So if, mm. if, if, if baby wants this, you do this. So you can't run to mom and say, or your stepmom or your auntie and say, and we need to be honest, especially with our African people in an African culture. We are not often honest enough. You need to sit down with the kids and say, mommy and daddy are no longer together. Mommy has found somebody else. Mm. Daddy has found mm. somebody else. Let's, and gradually introduce, you don't, you don't impose people on kids, you know, because kids are very sensitive. You, yeah. never, you never impose. You introduce gradually, slowly, and then, like I said, teamwork. Teamwork, mm. team 
framework and decide for yourself as a couple, what do we want our family to look like? Mm. And you need to be open, constantly communicate and talk about your feelings. You know, when you did this, how you disciplined discipline baby boy or baby girl, this is how it made me feel. Yes. How would you like me to do it? You know mm. that type of thing. Yeah. It's and a beautiful thing if you get it right, yeah. because the kids ultimately come first. It's True. not about you, it's not about the husband, it's not about the ex doesn't work. It's yeah. about the kids. And I, I love, Shalati, how you are centering it on communication. Like, just talk. Oh, you have talk to the kids. Yeah. Talk to your partner oh, about yeah. how should we do it differently. How do we want it uh, to look like? And that's so important, that, that aspect of communication. Shalati, great contribution. Thank you for calling us. Um, Jesse N, any reflections of what, what Shalati is saying? And I want you to reflect also on the damage on the kids, uh, Jesse N. When, when they when half sisters, half brothers or half siblings are seeing, you know, their parents, right, um, have those tensions in front of them about discipline, um, what's the damage on the kids? Or when the children are not being accepted into a family because daddy or mommy can't take them with into this new family unit. I imagine, I mean, the kids may feel neglected and that can have an impact on them even in their adult years you know there was a statement now that i just thought was so good it was don't impose people on your kids Mm. and there's something about that that's just so meaningful because at the end of the day it was an adult decision to separate from you know the, the children's other parent it was an adult decision to engage in a new relationship it was an adult decision to have these children in the first place So we need to understand that children in blended families need to very consciously be given a voice and very consciously be given an identity of their own because they have not made the decisions that have led to the situation. And so a lot of what is happening is being imposed on them. And we need to limit that. I also think we need to look deep within ourselves if we're getting into a relationship where our children will not be welcomed. We need to look at what is going on internally that would make us accept that. You know, where is that fear of abandonment coming from? Mm. Where is that sort of ability to compromise on our children's own mental health coming from? Because, of course, that feeling of rejection and that feeling of not being good enough can have incredibly long-lasting impacts on a child, you know, now and when they become adults and when they have children and get into relationships of their own. We also have to see that they will view you as the parent, as the person who chose the individual that's choosing to reject them. You as the parent were the person that put them in that situation where they were not accepted. And it's to think about how that will feel to them now and how that will feel to them when they're older. And the damage that can also do to the relationship that you hope to have with your child. Mm, So go back to something that we spoke about a little bit earlier was the idea of people then who hide their children or who are not honest about having children. And so think about what that could feel like for the child to be hidden or to be treated Mm. like a a dirty secret or something shameful. Mm. Because we know, I mean, we know ourselves as adults, we look back on our own childhoods and we're aware of things that happened when we were children. We're aware of conversations that happened. And we have the capability to understand these through adults' eyes. So I think it's also to know that your children will have minds of their own, emotions of their own, and understanding of their own. And that will also change as they get older. Yeah.
So again, you know, it takes me back to what I was saying is that a big part of having a successful blended relationship is the choice of partner. And we need to make sure that we are choosing people that we want playing a significant role in our children's lives. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. Um, like what you're saying there about, you know, we reflect a lot even when we are in our adult years about how we were raised and, and what happened when we were young. And, and that's when you can start, you know, witnessing and seeing the damage of having been kept as the so-called sacred child. And I don't know how many kids I've known that were staying with their grandparents, their gogos, because, you know, either their mothers or their fathers were not in a position to take them into um, that the, the relationship that they had. And they would only see their fathers only in December. And that can have damage on you. Um, as an individual, as you grow older, let's let's read. Uh, let's start with these messages that have come through. Anonymous says, "Good morning, uh, Clement." Oh, this is Zara, in fact, from Marlborough, who says, "I believe that communication and agreement among both parents helps a lot as far as how you two conduct yourselves around the kids." Another person says, "Hi, Clement. I was in a blended family. She came with two children, a boy and a girl, and I came with two boys too. She spoiled her children." in a way that it was difficult for me to reprimand them because she will always say she has her own way of reprimanding them. The teenage girl one was always disrespectful at the mother's uh, presence and they act well when she's home. Um, I think you you meant absence there. Uh, so when the mom is not um, around, uh, they're so disrespectful, but they act well when she's home. That's what another message is saying. More of your voice notes. Hi, Clement. How are you? This is Ronnie. I'm raising two stepdaughters. It's so difficult. It's so difficult, man, because uh, when you try to reprimand them, hey, you get hurtful words like, hey, you are not my dad. You cannot tell me what to do. You know, and uh, and uh, we have our two of our own, and sometimes you know because they are young, so like when you try to guide them, and uh, you know, but uh, the difficult thing is just reprimanding the stepchildren, man. It's it's so difficult. They they will tell you where to get off. Some I'm not saying all of them, but uh, there are some who will become so disobedient and take that for 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 an advantage you know and knowing that there's nothing that you can do and unfortunately in some cases the mother will just side with them and then mm. it's it's very stressful it's very stressful Clement. thank you yeah. thank you for sharing that experience with us and yeah good luck hi clement my great topic um my father is married to another wife. My mom is not married, so I'm a stepchild to that lady. And we get along very well. I even call her, she called me. Even me and her other key children, oh, we get along. We get along, it's like we are siblings. I think it's all about stepmom or step uh, father accepting the situation as it is it makes things easier and then to make a bond with the children it makes things very very easy mm, and i'm loving it all right th thank you thank you I'm, and i'm happy to hear that 
um, you are seeing positive sides um, of this entire dynamic. I'm glad that you and your siblings, you have siblings, are getting along um, so well. Let's go to Milato, who's calling us from Senton. Milato, good morning. Good morning to you. How are you? Sharp, how's it? Sharp, sharp. Thank you so much for this uh, wonderful program and such sensitive uh, program, but it's actually uh, very important. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, my comment was that uh, whenever one is faced with a position where the spouse or maybe wife to be is asking you a question as to whether you have to make a choice with regard to whether you're taking care of the children. Uh, I think that would be the best spouse that you should have found because then you know that she she will be in a position to say, if you go with your children, then you know I'm out. And then if you don't, then uh, it, will be another, uh, it will be another situation. So what I'm saying is that I, I actually heard uh, that there's a point that you need therapy. But I think one has to be either man enough or woman enough at that stage to know that that is the message. The message is clear that uh, you, 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 if you take your child, if you mm. take your children, then I'm out. Mm. And then that is the worst situation that you can take. Even if you want to, you have an obligation uh, against your children, which is a lifetime obligation. So uh, that's what I'm saying. It shouldn't actually give one, uh, or that will be an open, uh, was it, situation or clear situation which would be showing you what direction to take at the time. Mm. Even though I know it's not a very easy decision to take, but the truth is you shall have known the truth about the other person. Yes. And then, and this is actually a, it's not a one person kind of uh, commitment to make, but it would involve either three or more people because it's the person that you are with, that you are establishing a relationship with at the time, plus where you come from. Mm. Where you and uh, it can be a one-person kind of uh, dilemma. Yes. And it needs absolute, abs- from the outset, it needs absolute openness. One shouldn't just fake to say, uh, maybe I'll take, your children, I'll take you with your children or whatever. Mm. And at the later stage, then you don't know. When you, you get your, your into that marriage, then somebody changes and then they don't want to teach each other. Yes, yeah. Oh, Milato, yeah. thank you, man. Thank you for, for that yeah, contribution. I have my spouse with me. I don't know if she wants to have a, a word. Yeah. Yes, please. Can what? we hear some thoughts what? also? Okay, no, she says no. <laughs> okay. The, tell, yeah. Yeah, next time, she, it must be the one calling. Uh, but thanks, Milato. It looks like you guys um, have it under control and, and you having the communication, which is the most um, important thing. Um, thank you, Milan, to calling us there from Santin. Um, Jesse N, what, what I wanted us to include, a theme to include here is when, when siblings are not getting along, what do you as parents do if the half siblings themselves are not getting along? Whether it's because of perceived, um, they, they perceive another person being treated better. Uh, or whether they perceive themselves to be disciplined more than the other person, whatever the scenario is, as as these two parents, what do you do when these half-siblings are not getting along? I think the first thing is to normalize that siblings, whether they're half-siblings, step-siblings, biological siblings, will fight. 
Um, that's a perfectly normal part of development. There will be rivalry, there will be jealousy, there will be accusations, there will be a whole lot of, but that's not fair. And that you're going to see in any family dynamic, no matter what the structure looks like. So I think just to take a deep breath and just to understand that sibling rivalry is a very normal and actually essential part of human development. Where I think one does need to be quite careful, though, is if you're finding sort of split loyalties, you know, my parents versus your parents, my dad versus your mom, and that sort of talk, you know, between the siblings, if, if that's happening within sort of a blended family structure. And I think that's where it's to help guide the siblings then in terms of how to resolve those conflicts, how to manage things like the sharing of resources, whether it's fighting over a toy, whether it's fighting over a TV remote, whether somebody has taken somebody else's favorite T-shirt out of their cupboard. It's how do we actually sort this situation out now in a respectful, kind way um, you know, that emphasizes things like trust and communication. When you find, though, that there's a lot of accusation about siblings being treated differently um, based on, I suppose, their biology, there we need to look at, you know, are the children in the splendid family able to trust that both of the adults have their best interests at heart? Because if there is that feeling of insecurity that I will be treated differently because of who my mom is or who my father is, that can be incredibly anxiety-inducing for a mm. child, and they may then constantly fight to have that reassurance that they you know, are still valued and still cared for. Mm. And this is where it goes back to what is the basis of a good relationship. And it's the respect, it's the trust, it's the communication, and it's the enjoyment of one another's company. And this needs to be the focus of any relationship, whether it's between the parents, between the parent and the child, between the step-parent and the child, between the children themselves. And it's often that until we can have that as the basis, that you, a step-parent might find themselves in the position where they cannot enforce discipline. They will not be trusted enough by the children to help resolve the conflicts. Mm -hmm. And that also might be where you'll hear this, well, I don't have to listen to you. You know, or it might be that, you know, if they, that basis isn't strong enough in the relationship, it might be that sense of rejection that a step-parent might feel then from the children. And so then we've got to take it back to the basics about how do we strengthen these bonds and how do we strengthen these relationships so that the parents and step-parents are in the best position possible hmm. to help mentor and guide their children through these conflict-type situations. Hmm. Yeah. Sisanda? you calling us from Centurion. Good morning. Morning, Clement. Uh, Clement, I'm just going to offer up a little bit. Not mm. so long ago, you uh, hosted a show where we had to talk about how we feel with our parents and how we were raised. Yes. For me, this one is just as important. Actually, it interlinks. You know, Clement, I'm currently going through a divorce mm. um, because of many other things, but this one, being the very fundamental of it. Where I came in my marriage with my child, he comes in, he's old, uh, in the marriage with his child. But now what I realize is that whenever myself and my partner, we have differences, then he decides that he's going to take his child to his original mother. Mind you, 
Clement, I have fought three years to make sure that we reside with both of our children and mm. raise a family together. Mm. Now, my thought process is we are raising a family. When you are now, when we are fighting and you take your child and you send him to the mother, what is the message that you're trying to, 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 to portray? Mm. So not only yours, but to mine. And also remember, once he's under my roof, your child, he's mine. So uh, it, it, for me, it played a huge role. And I think sometimes we as adults, we don't understand how important it is because sometimes children behave like that only to manipulate the situation. Yes. And therefore they can see mm. where your weak link is. And sometimes we also want our children to have a bad behavior towards our partners when we're fighting with them so that we try to make them look bad. So we're using the kids. Mm. So this is such a great topic. And I think... Um, it's about time we also just look at that as well because it is a serious. Oh, it is. Oh, Sisanda, thank you for such great contribution and for um I'm so sorry about your divorce and how things have turned out. But I do think what you're saying may help somebody else listening who may need maybe navigating um a similar scenario. I always appreciate your call. Sisanda in Centurion. Who Jesse any reflections on that? Just I feel like we could use a full two days to discuss, um, I think, all of these needs. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's so much and it's so complicated. And I think it's also just knowing that everybody's coming in with different challenges. But what I really would like to emphasize is that if you are struggling, if you and your partner are struggling, even if you're not struggling and you just feel like you need to check in with someone and to get to get support and assistance in having these conversations and you know, re-establishing family structures is reach out for help. Don't wait for things to get to crisis mode. Don't wait for things to get to ultimatums or um, you know, for breakdown in relationships. Ask for help early. And I think that is the that would be, I suppose, the most important thing to take away from this is that you don't have to go through these challenges alone and unsupported. Mm-hmm. Jesse Ann, um, as you say, this is a subject matter that you can really finish up in, in just an hour. And I think what we'll try to do, even if we do a healing hour on a similar subject, just to continue with it, we'll, we'll probably do that because I think there's still so much uh, to explore. Thank you for making time. Jesse Ann Baird is an education psychologist.